This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The round goes to 77 of Jones. A big wreck coming out of turn two. That looked like a Talladega wreck. Not star, man. I looked up in the mirror and there was cars going everywhere. Nice job. Thank you. Uh, NBC, please check that out from Hallecam. That was badass. Sunday was about survival. Four more playoff drivers eliminated at Kansas. These eight continue the race to Miami. Each has gotten here in a different way, and each has their own unique motivation for a championship. Today, we are giving each driver a tagline to remember for the rest of the playoffs. Four of them will take them all the way to Miami. Welcome to NASCAR America, everybody. Kara Lomano and Parker Kligerman here, and we are joined from Charlotte by our resident crew chief, Steve Letard, and NBCSports.com's Nate Ryan. Steve, I haven't seen you since the weekend. You had quite the view this Saturday during the Xfinity race. It was an exciting race Sunday, and then what are they saying? Kansas is no place like no home. Place like Clicked home. my heel together three times, <laughs> and they sent me back to pit road, Carolyn. But it was fun for the Xfinity race. I'd like to thank the 47 JTG Racing and Kroger. They let me borrow their pit box, and I got to hang out up here on top of the pit box. Elliot Sadler was wanting to know what I was doing up there, <laughs> but it was great to cover a race from down there. It was a new perspective. We tried to give the fans an idea of what the crew chief's job was and from the perspective of a crew Chief. So I couldn't help but wonder here, Steve, were you absent-mindedly, like, turning to your left, asking for fuel calculations, setup sheets, <laughs> so, tire pressures? So Statman Jimmy one time, I wanted to know how many yellows versus green, and he looked at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> He's trapped between two worlds, but we're glad you're keeping uh, those tools sharp for us throughout the playoffs, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know what? Let's just go ahead and start the next uh, round of the Cup Series playoffs by taking a look back at the six playoff races that have already been completed. Trio of drivers so far making that highly prized trip to victory lane. Each round, four drivers with the least points will be eliminated. Drama at a peak level, that's for sure. Bush is going to win in the Granite State. Yeah, go, team. Kyle Bush is going to win at Dover. Keselowski still in front. Through the trial, but they go. Keselowski is going to win at Talladega. Wow, uh, I survived. <laughs> Martin Shrek Jr. is going to win. The first race of the playoffs. What an amazing performance from this race team. He's going to do it again. Martin Truex Jr. wins. Very familiar scene in 2017. Martin Truex and the 78 Furniture Row team in victory lane. And this year's playoff winners start the round of eight in first, second, and third. Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch have been among the fastest all season long. Brad Kozlowski can't say the same, but the two team has been steady in the playoffs with a win at Dega and no finishes worse than 15th. So as promised, Steve, let's start with Martin Truex Jr. and get into these taglines. What do you think about when you think Truex? 
Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about this 78 team and Martin Trex Jr. is the domination on the racetrack all year long. But you can't talk about that without looking at the adversity off the racetrack. It's been a very up and down year off the racetrack for the 78. A lot of well-documented stories. But continuing on the racetrack, Nate, they dominate. They dominate in every category. But I want to know... With that huge lead and the round of eight almost secured, the question for me is, will the pressure build? Knowing that Miami is four weeks away, you know, that can be great for preparation, right. but it can also can just break your nerves down. Yeah, you know, I, I still feel like, Steve, they've got an, a big enough cushion here that they're not going to be so worried o over the next three races. I think they'll be okay. And then also, I think, you know, as we've talked about in the last couple of days, they've got so much that they're carrying right now from an emotional standpoint, whether it was the death of Jim Watson over the weekend or Martin Trex Jr.'s girlfriend, Sherry Pollux, and her battles with cancer or Cole Pern losing some people very close to him. Uh, it, it's just been a very tumultuous year, but I think what gets forgotten sometimes, Steve, is that Martin Truex Jr. is no stranger to adversity. I mean, this is a guy who, in 2013, in Michael Waltrip Racing, had his ride taken away by one of the biggest scandals in NASCAR history. So he weathered that with so much class, very, very admirably, that I think he emerged a, a changed man after that, Steve. And I think this year we've seen that not only just that team, but him especially, have been able to really just handle anything that's thrown at him. Yeah, perspective helps put pressure kind of a, a little bit on the back burner. And Steve, one thing that sticks out to me about the 78 team, it wasn't but, what, a year or two ago we were thinking about ways that they found ways to lose. They couldn't win races at times. And now I'm wondering if they can find a way to lose, right? Or if they can find a way to win and now lose. Because this team finds ways to win after they've seemingly had problems that would negate them from winning. And it just really comes down to the speed they're bringing to the racetrack. The 78 team is the fastest car week in and week out. And therefore, I think they have to be the favorite. This is the favorite to go on and win this championship. Nate, when was the last time you remember the clear-cut favorite who has dominated all season long being such a sympathetic figure in some senses in this sport? You know, Carol, I, I, no, nobody really comes to mind because Jimmy Johnson has had such a run yeah. of dominance. <laughs> and unfortunately for, for Jimmy, I, I don't think he's often considered the sentimental choice, Steve, because he's just been so good for so long. And I, I guess you could look at like maybe Tony Stewart in 2011, Kyle Busch coming back from the broken leg in 2015. But yeah. it hasn't been the cumulative sort of feeling of Truex this season. Yeah, I think people would have voted for Jeff Gordon if he could have got voted in the year he had a chance when he went to Miami. But the difference is, he, I don't think he was the favorite. So right. I don't think that the right. favorite has ever lined up with this emotional task as well. Parker, let's move on to Kyle Busch. What about his tagline? Well, we're not calling him Ricky Bobby, but it's if you're not first, you're last. Because this driver cares only about one thing, and that is winning. He wants to win every time he steps in a race car, whether it's a super late model, an Xfinity car, or a cup car, and he most of all wants to win a championship. And so I think if this driver is going to go on to win his second championship, it, go, it goes about winning. He can go into this round of eight looking at Martinsville, a place that he most definitely can win. He's been very successful. He noted in his post-race interview after Kansas to Marty Snyder, I want to win Martinsville so I don't have to worry. You can take a two-week vacation and then go to <laughs> Miami and race it out to what? Win the race to win the championship. I think it comes down to that this 18 car has been the biggest competitor in the speed department to the 78 car of Martin Truex Jr. So if he can definitely go out there and win at Martinsville, maybe even if he went, doesn't win, but he has good runs there and he has a good run at Texas and he wins Phoenix, I think that if they find themselves in a battle against the 78 at Miami, they can go out there and beat them purely on speed. 
This isn't really Kyle Butch's signature, but I will say I think for the 18 to be good in the next round, Nate, it's very important for them to look back. Right. They should feel reborn right. after coming out of that round of 12 because it was a disaster, and it started with a mistake by the driver at Charlotte getting into the wall, and it kind of just tumbled from there. So I really think when you talk about the 18, this mistake started their round of 12 off on the wrong foot. They need to look at that points gap and they need to say, you know what, instead of feeling the pressure, instead of trying to win or we have to win because that's Kyle Busch's mantra, maybe it needs to be, you know what, let's go out and have fun. Enjoy ourselves. We're a race team and a race car driver with a chance to win in the playoffs, a chance to make it to the championship four at Miami. I think if they take that a little more appreciative, not that they don't appreciate it, but kind of handle it a little more appreciative, they'll be even more successful and more dangerous against the competition in the round of eight. And I think the other thing here, Steve, is not just to look at the last three races, but the season in totality, not just the fact that they survived some poor finishes in the round of 12, but that they had so many times this year where they could have won races and didn't. Oh, I mean, he, the guy's got four wins this year, but really he seriously could have 14 wins. If things would have broken right at, say, Phoenix or Talladega in the spring or um, Indianapolis or Chicagoland, a lot of times it was self-induced mistakes that, that they made that, that led to them not winning races. But I, I think that that's in the back of their mind that, yes, they didn't always execute, but now over these final four races, they've shown they, they have the speed that when they can execute, they can be there. I was afraid you wrote down every near miss because, Caroline, I think it would have <laughs> ran out of ink. I mean, the 18 car has been close a lot this year. Yeah, I love that tagline because I think it accurately defines the confidence level that yes. that team brings. What about uh, his best bud, Brad Keselowski, Nate? Yeah, you know what, Carolyn, um, ever since 2012, when Brad Keselowski won his championship, he's been talking about legacy. And what, what he means by that is that he feels as if he needs a second championship to validate the first one. Steve, I, I don't know who he's referring to, but <laughs> Brad has mentioned more than once that he has heard whispers around the garage that people think his 2012 title was a fluke. So until he wins another one, he feels like he's not going to put those doubters to rest. That must have been why I didn't win one, because I didn't want to have the pressure <laughs> to win two. No, I mean, but that's how Brad is. He does have a unique look on that. But I think when you look at Brad Keselowski, we're going to know very quickly, because I think his best and not only shot, but his best shot to advance into Miami starts at Martinsville this weekend. Uh, he said Talladega was a must win they went and did it I don't think Martinsville is a must win eight drivers people can have trouble I'm not I'm not ready to put it in that category but is without a doubt a must run well why his stats are good and you talked about it at the top of the show you know inside the top 15 top 15s aren't going to work with this right. list of eight drivers Carolyn and Parker this guy's going to have to perform better and I think he can run inside the top 10 at Phoenix at Talladega but he has to be in like the top two or three at Martinsville in probably both stages and the race finish to feel good about Miami no doubt, Steve. I actually agree with that. I think Martinsville is one track that that team is really circling as a track that they feel like they can go out there and run at the front of the stages and compete for the win because that's going to set the tone for Texas and Phoenix, which they really need maybe a little bit of help at Texas in terms of their mile-and-a-half program that they've shown speed-wise here in the playoffs. But this is a driver that back in 2012, the way he won that championship was a little bit between himself and Paul Wolf outsmarting that 48 team of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals. They were very conniving with their strategy. They used some things to their advantage and did some unique strategies that allowed them to get the points that they did and then go on to win the championship. So I think if they're going to pull off a second one, it's going to take some of that cunning that this team has. That He and Paul Wolf are really good at sometimes finding a unique way of looking at races, a unique way of looking at the strategy of these races. And if that's, I think it's going to take some of that if they're going to find themselves fighting for a championship Miami. 
I like that you bring up the, the mental game, Parker, because I think that Brad Kozlowski is one of the more cerebral drivers in NASCAR. And I, I know it's to Carolyn's amusement that he doesn't miss a chance, Steve, to bring up the fact that Toyota is ahead of where the Fords are right now. And I think that's another example of the way he plays that mental game that, that Parker's talking about. The edge that he and Paul Wolf had in 2012 was that, that cunning sort of strategy, a way of getting other teams off their game. And I feel like that's what Keselowski is doing, in a sense, by, by playing those mind games. Well, and I don't think it's public. I think it's not only public is what I meant to say. I think it's private as well. When he says that Talladega is a must win, I think that's for his team. And when him and Paul Wolf label Martinsville as a must win, I don't think that's completely real. I think that's for his team. I think that's a great way to talk all of everyone at Team Penske and say, hey, guys, this is how I'm approaching it. I need you on board. This is the approach for this weekend at Martinsville. The mental component to this and him vocalizing all of these things plays perfectly into this tagline, Steve, because every driver should, I guess, be able to do what works for them. And it seems like Brad Kozlowski putting these things out into the universe is the way that he handles maybe the pressure that comes with this or trying to achieve what, what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, he always drives like he has something to prove, and I think that is a benefit. That's actually a strength of Brad Keselowski. So he approaches every week that he's either it's him against Carl Edwards early in his career, then it's him against Kyle Busch, now it's him against Toyota. I think it's you know, him versus the world. Yeah, he has to <laughs> he has to have an enemy to battle against. I would have thought 39 other drivers were enough, but he likes to single one out for sure. This time it was a whole manufacturer. All right, we're going to continue to assign these uh, tailor-made taglines to the remaining playoff drivers while also predicting what everybody needs to do in order to earn the right to race for the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. And with only eight playoff drivers remaining, who is Martin Truex Jr.'s biggest threat? Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni going to join us to help answer that question. And Sunday's elimination race delivered twists and turns and turmoil. We're going to scan all of the radios from Kansas and bring that to you when we come back. Following Martin Truex Jr.'s win at Kansas Sunday, his girlfriend Sherry Pollux tweeted this photo of the entire team celebrating in the infield. You can see Truex up front in the gray hoodie. Couple of red solo cups in tow. That was earned, of course. Truex's victory not without its problems along the way. The 78 team had to overcome a restart penalty as well as a loose wheel. And the team was also thinking of Jim Watson, their Furniture Row Racing crew member who passed away suddenly on Saturday night. So let's revisit an emotional day at the Speedway with Scannell, Kansas. Absolutely gorgeous day in the Midwest from Kansas Speedway. This elimination race weekend. You can win the race and take care of everything else. You don't have to worry about points. So um, that's always the plan. Easier said than done, but that's the plan. All right, everybody. Nice and smooth today. Stay focused. Let's do this. We're going to have a good day today. 267 exciting laps here in Kansas. Jim Wildman Watson, a fabricator for the 77 team, lost his life yesterday while here with the team. Just a lot on our minds, I think, you know, thinking about uh, thinking about Jim and his family and, and just what they're going through. Uh, but, you know, you have to move on and you got to pull together. And um, I think our, our group did a great job today of just holding each other up and, and going out there and, you know, trying to turn it into a positive. A great start to the race for the 78 of Martin Shrex Jr. out front. How about now? Do you hear me now? Yeah, I didn't hear you around that night. Tip for it, but you got me now. Uh, got me loud and clear now. Yes, damn it. I just said I didn't hear you around the 19. Leave me the f*** alone, 35 laps complete. Truex is gone. He'll drop all the way down to the apron. Post the 78 restart violation. 
That sucked. I mean, uh, you know, shame on us. Uh, they, uh, I guess they clearly explained it in the driver's meeting. I wasn't listening, so shame on me. We got through that first stage and uh, got back in the lead lap, got some decent track position, and uh, I think we were running seventh or eighth there. And, and then, of course, we had a loose wheel to, to add to the penalty that we had early. Hey, I got a vibration. Loose wheel, I think. Shake it fast, quick. Enough to get a caution with a few laps left in that stage and get ourselves back on lead lap. And you know, at that point, we had life. Oh, around goes the 48 as he was coming out of turn four. Yes, he was looking in the mirror there. He just got loose right in front of us. That's a seven time champion. What happened there? I got loose. All right, man. So what do you want to do, Jimmy? You want to tighten up? I think we've got bigger issues with the body on the car right now, so I think we just got to fix the car. Body's fine. Car's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I think when you get a closer look at it, you'll disagree with the hood. I, I can see it on both corners of the hood. Game time now, pal. we got to get five spots, otherwise we may stay home the rest of the year. Let's figure out what we got to do here. Help me out. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you saying, Wheels? Hold up or hard out? You're saying hard out, I believe. Hard out. Well, I mean, I've never said that on I'll change it now. You have to use clear words. The simplest word to use is clear. It's uh, spinning again, guys. Our day is done here. We're not up anymore. What happened there? We got loose again. That was fine, Jimmy. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the race car. Nothing. Traffic was difficult, but we made our way up through there. Had some, had a couple really, really good restarts. You know, once we got towards the front, just started tweaking on the car and, and making small adjustments and uh, getting it better each time. And around goes the 77 of Jones. A big wreck coming out of turn two. That looked like a job on Digger Rick. Gosh darn, man. I looked up in the mirror and there was cars going everywhere. Nice job. Thank you. Uh, NBC, please check that out from Alicam. That was badass. Made it. We made it. Didn't touch a thing somehow. Yeah, you'll find it hard to believe, but the 77 spun out again. Wheel is straight right now and I got all pressures. So the 20 is going to come to the attention of the crew on pit road. We don't have much time. Let's get it tarp. Watch the red flag here, Jason. It's hey, you can't have more than six guys, okay? You can't have more than six. And it looks as though they may have just had seven right there. Well, you can go ahead and head to the garage. No way. No way. A huge penalty for the 20 team of Matt Kenza. Yeah, we're done. Done? Somebody's got to tell me what in the hell is going on. I, I am so lost right now. Seven guys. Seven guys over the wall. What does that mean? You can't race anymore? That's right. Can't race anymore. So you're telling me we sent one too many guys off, so we're going to not have a chance to race for a championship because of that? Is that what you're telling me? Nope. I'm telling you I sent six over and somebody can't count. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, man, that's that's not a good mistake. Everything changes now, Jimmy. 42's out, 20's out, 1's out, 17's out. So only thing we can do now is try to up even more and crash ourselves. Been an eventful day for the 78, but they have recovered well. Lap 210 taking the lead. I felt really good once we got the lead. Um, let's go do this one for Jim and, and uh, bring his his 
thoughts in spirit to Victory Lane and celebrate his life and what he meant to us. Martin Truex Jr. wins! Oh, my brother, back to back in Kansas. This is for you, Jim. Love you, bud. Appreciate it, man. This one's for Jim. Looking out for us here. Kind of overwhelming a little bit, you know. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I don't know, it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Bo Pern has his head buried in one of the crew members just hugging him, and you can see the tears in his eyes. You know, I just couldn't think of any better way to, to pay tribute to him and, and uh, to have a bright spot in, uh, in a tough time like we're going through is, uh, is a good feeling for sure. So many people hurting within the organization able to put that aside just for a couple of hours and deliver one of the cars to Victory Lane. No doubt a very emotional win for the 78 team. But I think, you know, when you look at race teams as a whole, whether it's the driver, the crew chief, any crew guy on the team, it's a big family, but also we're all considered racers. We all think of each other as racers. And as racers, we try to do one thing. That's get in Victory Lane. And the best healing possible for a race team or a racer is to get in Victory Lane. And that's what they did. They can start to honor Jim's life from Victory Lane and giving him the highest prize possible, a trophy. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr. and Furniture Row Racing's win at Kansas. Such a fitting tribute to their teammate and their friend Jim Watson. Memorial service for Watson is going to take place on Friday afternoon in North Carolina. And in lieu of flowers, the family has asked that donations be made instead to hatsalive.org in memory of Jim. Coming up next, we are going to continue our look at what the drivers in the playoffs are focused on, those at the cut line specifically to start the next round. How can Kevin Harvick reclaim the crown, and what must Jimmy do to capture number eight? That's next. Welcome back. Joe Gibbs is one of American sports' most decorated leaders, Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, three Super Bowl rings as a head coach, and four NASCAR Cup Series titles as a team owner. His first with Bobby Labonte, and the coach is going to join us tomorrow from the NASCAR Hall of Fame at 5 Eastern. We're really looking forward to that. One of his drivers is Denny Hamlin, who is at the center of this top moment from the season, brought to you by Coca-Cola. Normally in New England, the sports landscape is dominated by the Boston Red Sox and the Patriots. Today, it's NASCAR's turn to come front and center. Ready to go racing here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Green flag in the air. Matt Kenseth out in front of Denny Hamlin. Fighting for that top spot. Hamlin goes by for the lead. He's going to hold off Larson. Yes, sir, DH is what I'm talking about. Backup call for the win. I put us behind the A-ball uh, on Friday, but uh, it's cool to win one like this. I think these fans enjoyed the burnout through one and two the most. That was impressive. I wish I had more tires. I could have made it a full lap. As far as I'm concerned, I think we should race here 10 times a year. <laughs> he loves those lobsters. Denny delivering the first one of the season for Joe Gibbs Racing in New Hampshire earlier this year, part of the inaugural championship four back in 2014. And looking to get back there again, he starts off this year's round of eight as a sixth seed, just three points behind Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick on the cut line. Let's start with Kevin Harvick, Nate, as we continue to deliver these taglines on the show. What do you think Kevin Harvick's tagline should be? It is relentless, Carolyn, and I think it's very fitting, not just for the driver of the number four Ford, Kevin Harvick, but also his crew chief, Steve Rodney Childers. Their goal is to win everything, and not just races. It's qualifying sessions, it's practice sessions, it's lead every lap. They want to be completely dominant, and if that sounds like an unrealistic goal for a, a team that likes challenges, that is Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers. They like challenges, and I think that they had one this year in the switch to Ford, new manufacturer. They wanted to prove that 
they didn't lose the speed that they had over the last three seasons, including here, the 14 championship. And I think you know, as we're rounding in the last four races, I think they've shown that they might have it still. Well, the speed has come back, but so hasn't his nickname. You know, he's known as the closer because he does a great job of fighting through the races and being around at the end. And he's right there on the cusp of doing that again. While the 78 continues to rebound from those mistakes and gets back to the front, he will not continue to rebound all the way. And as he makes mistakes into these later rounds and the competition goes up, it's going to be harder. And I expect Kevin Harvick to be his normal self, to be relentless. He will be there inside the top two, the top three. If he doesn't have a good enough car to take the lead, he will continue to put the pressure on the leader to make sure they execute correctly. And Parker, I really think that's the path for Kevin Harvick is just continue to run up front in the round of eight in Miami, just be his normal, relentless self, be right on the heels, right on the rear bumper of those leaders up there against the fence, forcing them to run lap after lap without a mistake. Exactly, Steve. And if we go to the Stuart Haas Racing Organization, I think the organization itself has been relentless this year. As you mentioned, uh, Nate, the switch to Ford that they had at the beginning of the year, they felt like they had a lot of things inside that race team they had to work on. There was a lot of pressure on that race team to uh, build a lot of infrastructure within the race team. But as they came down towards the playoffs, they've actually, Rodney Childers told me, started to do some really interesting things, like not put their cars in the wind tunnel each week. They're actually finding they can build new things into the cars quicker and streamline building new cars if they are not going to the wind tunnel. They're not holding themselves back that way. So they're, this team as a whole, I think, is just finding a new way to go out there and compete and be relentless just like their driver, just like their crew chief, to go out there and hopefully compete for that championship. You being our social media guru here oh, no. on NASCAR America, why don't you take the next one? Why don't you take Jimmy Johnson's tagline? Well, yeah, his tagline actually comes from Jimmy Johnson himself. Uh, that is hashtag chasing eight, which he loves to use on social media right now because he is chasing that record eighth championship and I think for this race team it's been highly publicized they need to find speed his crew chief Chad Canales has mentioned that they need speed I think Jimmy Johnson and talking to him the last couple weeks is very confident that they can find a way to get that speed that they can find a way to go and compete at Miami remember just last year as they entered the championship four not a lot of people had them going on to win it but they found a way to win it they're a clutch race team and that's what it's going to take they're going to have to find a little bit of that speed they're going to have to find something there but if they are given the opportunity to get to Miami, then the clutchness of clutchness, is that a word, of this sure. team will show. And I think that's the thing. That's their key is that they have they know how to win championships. And so if they can get that little bit of speed here to get through this round in the final championship four, I think they can compete. Parker, I'm waiting for the moment. In Where any is sport, it? Where's the in moment? Any, well, listen, in any sport, I'm a big baseball fan. Nate knows that. In any sport, there's a moment in either a series or a game that changes the tide of that game, whether it's a pitch or a home run or a defensive play in the upcoming World Series, whether it's a catch or a fumble in the Super Bowl, or in racing, it, last year for Jimmy Johnson, it was that wreck on the restart in Miami. That was the moment that gave the 48 that window to jump through to win that championship. Nate, I think waiting for Miami or needing it to happen at Miami – you know, the odds go against them. The probability goes down. I think the 48, I know it's easy to say and hard to do, but somehow they have to find a moment in the next three races to give themselves at least a little momentum, to put themselves on the radar, to at least have the other competitors concerned because right now they don't race the 48 like they're even worried about right, them. And right. that makes a difference when you start talking pitch strategy. So I think either Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix, listen, we're going to waste our time going through the numbers. His numbers are great at all three. Right. You don't win seven championships right. without. 
But the numbers don't mean anything, Nate. When is the moment going to happen in this final round? And look, I mean, Steve, they have seven championships, so I don't think there's any lack of confidence for Jimmy Johnson, Chad Canales, that they can produce the, the David Ortiz type yeah. moment uh, in a World Series situation. But uh, listen to that Scanall segment. I think you can hear it in the, the voices of Chad Canales and Jimmy Johnson that there is a little bit of a weariness there. And I, I'm not implying that like they don't have the belief that they can win an eighth championship, but I think you can sense the urgency there and you can sense a little bit of desperation, I think. And while, you know, hashtag chasing eight is, you know, great slogan, you know, great uh, motivation to have here. I think there's a little bit of an albatross here around their necks of, you know, if if they don't win the championship, you know, what did they come for? J Chad Canales pretty much said that on the radio during Kansas af after one of those wrecks. So I think that th there's a lot of motivation and confidence here, but I think there's a lot of pressure as well. Steve, you've worked with Jimmy and Chad Canales. My question to you is, if they go to Martinsville, a track that they lead all drivers, Jimmy leads all drivers with nine wins at Martinsville and don't look like a contender, is that really a place where you think if they can't show it there, they're not going to show it anywhere in this round of eight? Well, I don't think Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals will give up. It's not in their mentality. It's not in their approach. I've said it multiple times that, heck, I had to retire because Chad Canals showed me how much desire he had to win. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. But I do think the competitors start to race you differently. Parker, you know as a race car driver, if you don't get up there and act like you belong, they're not going to treat you like you belong. And I think that will start to happen to the 48. They'll be discounted when it comes to strategy. The drivers could perhaps even drive them different on the restarts. We're talking small nuances. We probably won't even see it with the TV cameras. But it's real and it exists. So I think the 48 has to do something to kind of step out of the shadows and say, hey, guys, don't don't forget about us. We're still here. What about Denny Hamlin, Steve? What's his tagline? Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned Jimmy Johnson because I'll add Denny Hamlin to the list, and it's a long list of drivers that probably could have a championship except for the driver of the 48, and that's what it's up for Denny Hamlin. His is redemption. This is a guy that doesn't talk about it much, but when he does talk about it, you can hear and see the emotional disappointment for losing that championship years ago to Jimmy Johnson at Miami, and it wasn't even really a fight. You know, Denny right. made a very uncharacteristic mistake, losing it down the backstretch, wrecking his race car, or just uh, damaging it enough that he couldn't compete. And I think he's been waiting for that chance to kind of emerge and get back on that stage. And I think that's what it's about for Denny Hamlin. Uh, I think all year we've been talking about the 78 and the 18. Every time we talk about Toyotas, Denny Hamlin's just been quietly putting together what I consider a very good season. So when you, when you look at the tracks coming up, there's no reason he can't win, and that's what it will take. And I really think Denny Hamlin, he, he's my sleeper. If you get yeah. him into Miami, he has a lot to prove in his career. I mean, 31 wins without a championship. This is a Hall of Fame-type career, and I think the only way to silence the critics is to win the big trophy. Yeah, well, and you know his track record at Miami is good. I mean, yeah. 2014, the first year of the, the restructured playoff format, he looked like he was going to win the championship for a while. And in 2013, he won the won that race in the season finale in 13 after missing four races earlier that were the broken back. I remember asking Denny, hey, that was the night Jimmy clinched his sixth championship. What's it like to race in this era? And he said, exactly what you just said, Steve, essentially that, you know, drivers such as him, it's like what it was like for NBA stars competing against Michael Jordan, yeah. the, the Clyde Drexler who never won an NBA championship because he faced off against Michael Jordan. Charles Barkley, another example. Denny Hamlin doesn't want to be that person in NASCAR, and he's cognizant of the fact, I think, that having raced in the Jimmy Johnson era, he needs to seize the opportunity to get that first title. Steve, I just want to tell you that I'm keeping track of everybody that you are saying on the show is going to make it to Homestead, because so far, <laughs> I think you put Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy 
Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex Jr., and all the drivers that we've touched on, it's a very hard field to handicap. But I, I am keeping an eye on you. I am keeping an eye on Wait, you. Steve, before, before you answer that, I'm just going to defend you a second. That's why they're in the round of eight, because of they all look like they could have a chance to go to Miami and compete. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, it's real simple. I, you know, if you if you bet on all eight, you can't lose. I mean, four of them are going to get there regardless. <laughs> but Denny Hamlin deserving to be in this discussion, one of the drivers that we're talking and about. I, yeah, go back to what Steve said, you know, the sleeper pick in a lot of respects. You know, he's just been solid in the playoffs so far. This 11 team has been very solid. And I just think if they keep doing what they've been doing and maybe increase on that just a little bit, this is a team that will find itself racing for a championship at Miami. I, I just think this team has been very solid in these playoffs and you just can't take anything away from that being that solid having positive momentum feeling like they're executing on a championship level all those things as you roll in to these last this round of eight races and then Miami is only going to help you go out there and compete against a car that maybe as we look at the favorite the 78 Martin Truex Jr. we talked about earlier who could be just a tick faster than you but maybe if you're executing better than when it comes down to that one race at Miami you could win a championship all right we're also going to check in when we come back with uh, Sirius XM NASCAR radio's Pete Pistone always we'll let, fun. yeah we'll let him have his say as well he's going to discuss how many more times we're going to see Martin Truex Jr. in victory lane this season and the closest competition to the 78 team. He's also going to tell us his problem with the pit selection process this weekend. That's when we come back. Well, if you want more from our NASCAR and NBC personalities, find them every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistone. You can find that on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. And Pete is with us now, as he is every week. So Pete Martin Truex Jr., fresh off his seventh victory of the season. After the race on Sunday, here's what he had to say about his Kansas sweep. It's crazy how it works out, and you go through all those years of heartbreaks and leading laps, and you're like, "What do I got to do to win here?" To today, having you know the penal- having a penalty and having a loose wheel and having to come from a lap down, and it's like you can't do anything wrong. I mean, I can now. I kind of see that you know when you watch the 48 win five championships in a row, and it's like they couldn't do anything wrong, and it really pissed you off. Well, I guess a lot of people are tired of watching this. <laughs> a lot of the people are like, "God, Truex won again. What the heck?" Pete, I'm sure the team is fine with the way things have gone. And this is fitting with your serious XM poll question of the day, which was how many more times do you think Truex is going to win this season? I think he's going to win two more times of the last four and two more times at mile-and-a-half racetracks at Texas Motor Speedway and Homestead Miami Speedway because that's where the bread and butter has been. I said before the playoffs started, guys, I thought he would win five of the ten. People laughed at me. Guess what? Two out of the next four – I'm right on the money, and I really believe he can do that. And, of course, if he wins that fifth one in the playoffs, it would get him a championship at home semi-Miami Speedway. That's where they've been so good. Well, Pete, I agree with your number, but not your racetracks. I think the 78 will win a couple more times, but I think it'll all be in the round of eight. I have a hard time putting the 78 in victory lane at Miami. They've yet to show me anything at that specific racetrack. A long time ago, Martin Truex Jr. had a good run going in the 55, if you go all the way back to the Michael Waltrip racing days. But I have really yet to see him go out and have the type of speed at that racetrack, which is very unique. So while it might be a mile and a half in distance, it doesn't race like a regular mile and a half. Now, I think Texas with the new pavement, the 78 will be fine. Um, I think Martinsville, he should be good, and Phoenix. So I expect two out of the three, perhaps he can win. But I have a hard time putting him in victory lane at Miami. 
That seems to be a familiar narrative, Pete, that Homestead is its own animal, free from all of these mile-and-a-half stats that we have been padding with Martin Truex Jr. and that he's earned over this season. Well, and I think there's something to be said about that, Carolyn, because a lot of times we'll get callers to SiriusXM NASCAR radio saying, we need to move around that last race. It's always at Homestead Miami Speedway. I think it's perfect for a couple of reasons. One, well, the weather's pretty nice in Miami in the middle of November. That's pretty good. And secondly, I think what you just said, it's a mile and a half. But like Steve just said as well, it's a very unique mile and a half. And one thing I'll say about Truex Jr., Steve, you're right about in the past. But guess what? There's a test going on down there this week. He's at that test this week. I think that's going to help them when we get there in the middle of November. And maybe it'll be a little different this time around for Furniture Row Racing. Pete, who do you think Truex's biggest competition is now that Kyle Larson is out of the picture? Yeah, we've been talking about the big three all year, right? Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, and Kyle Busch. Now we know Larson's out. I think it's going to be Kyle Busch. And I think Kyle Busch in these last four races, when you line up these tracks, starting this weekend at Martinsville, Kyle's been really good there. I think that's the team that's got the best chance of going against Martin Truex Jr. Who those other two are, I think it's a bit of a wild card of the six that are left. I wouldn't be surprised if two of those six, any two of those six were there. But I think it's going to be Kyle Busch. And to me, the 18 car is the one that the 78 is going to have to go through for the title. Well, I think without a doubt, Pete, the 18 is probably the car that shows the most speed. So I think I could comfortably put him in Miami with the 78. But a name I'll throw out there, and I'm not sure he can make Miami, but if he does, he's not the type of driver I would like to go up against, and that's Kevin Harvick. He loves the big moment. He loves the big stage. He's a scrappy little fighter. That, that wrestler from high school, it still exists in the race car driver. And when it comes down to a single event, it's not just about the speed of the race car. You heard Martin Truex, man, we had this mistake and this penalty and we recovered. That will not be as easy in Miami. And I think if you give Kevin Harvick just a little bit, an inch of room, he's going to take a mile. So I do think the 18 is probably the next closest competitor. But if I was the 78 or the 18 and I saw the four line up next to me running for a championship, I would have a little bit of concern. I think the two things you said there, Steve, I agree with. Harvick because of the experience and being there before. And you also said minimizing mistakes on pit road. There can't be any of that. And I think a veteran team like that has the best opportunity to do that. I'll tell you the one thing, though, going into this weekend that I'm really not a big fan of because we're going to qualify in the morning on Sunday and then race in the afternoon at Martinsville. Pit stall selection was based on qualifying last week at Kansas. That's a huge benefit for Martin Truex Jr., who won the pole at Kansas, gets the number one pit stall this week, and a huge, I think a really big detriment to Ryan Blaney, who already got penalized by getting his post-qualifying run thrown out because of inspection process there, starting in the rear in the race at Kansas. Now he'll have last pit selection. I think this is an unintended consequence of these enhanced weekends. I think we need to find a way to make sure that we get pit stall selection based on the current race we're going to be in and not base it on last week's race, especially with the playoffs and so much on the line this weekend in Martinsville. Yeah, Pete, I understand the frustration, and I don't think you're the only one. The only thing I can say is that every team knew it going to Kansas, and their focus needed to be on that qualifying run and the risk that the 21 took to get caught to receive that penalty. They knew it was going to be a double penalty because it is. It's going to hurt them continuing forward. I'm not a fan as well, so I'm in the same boat with you that um, if I was a crew chief, I would be screaming at the beginning of the year when this was decided because Martinsville is just so unique. Maybe I would have suggested the last short track, or maybe we could use Martinsville qualifying in the spring. I think I would have tried to find something other than Kansas the week before, but the rules were in play well before the race at Kansas in the 78, without a doubt, is the big benefactor. The other unique thing, Pete, remember, is that Sunday qualifying 
is going to be one of the first times, if the ever time that I can recall, that these cars are going to have to qualify their race setups. There, it's also an impound that could have a little bit of effect on who starts where on Sunday afternoon. All right, Pete, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, your guest tomorrow, from what I understand, Kyle Petty on the morning drive. So I will wish you good luck with that as you welcome luck, him into Pete. the fold on <laughs> Sirius XM. We'll alert the authorities, and hopefully we won't lose the license tomorrow when KP joins us. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Pete, thank you. And coming up, we're going to make a social pit stop, including a nice gesture from Brad Keselowski in Dale Jr.'s honor, plus our playoff taglines continuing with the two youngest drivers competing for the championship. Welcome back. Let's take a social pit stop now. Levine Family Racing announced today that Travis Mack will be crew chief for Casey Kane next season. Mack is the current car chief for Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jr. on Twitter, giving Mack his seal of approval. Worked with T-Mack for years, unlimited potential, unquestionable work ethic, and just a damn great person. And one of Jr.'s former protégés is Brad Keselowski, who won at Talladega in a throwback scheme inspired by his time at Jr. Motorsports. A shirt commemorating the win is on sale now, and today Keselowski said that he will donate his proceeds to the Dale Jr. Foundation. So nice move there from Brad Kay. Coming up, we are going to reveal the playoff taglines for the two young stars still in the hunt, 21-year-old Chase Elliott and 23-year-old Ryan Blaney. And a reminder, if Kevin Harvick places in the top 10, you at home get a free Bloomin' Onion with your purchase on Bloomin' Monday. Here's Harvick with a very special guest. Brother Joy here with Kevin Harvick. Kevin, I heard you and Outback have a cool new sweepstakes. Sure do. Outback and Ford are giving away a 2018 Ford Escape at Miami. Just eat it Outback, then upload your receipt for a chance to win. You can learn more at OutbackRacing.com. Man, how cool is that when a trip to Miami and an SUV? Back to you guys. Nice work, man. Thanks. Good job. Thanks. I thought you did great. You hungry? I am hungry. I have an hour before practice. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think we should do it. I mean, I have the Outback app on so do my phone. I. You order. Okay. Yeah, because I bought last time. That's true. So it's your turn. Have your usual? Yeah. Bet you didn't know that you could call, order online, or use the Outback app to place your order. Just pull up to the designated curbside takeaway spot, and they'll bring your food right out to your car. Download the Outback app and try a curbside takeaway. Also, don't forget to log on to OutbackRacing.com for your chance to win a 2018 Ford Escape and a trip to Homestead, Miami for the season finale. And I thought when you finished in the top 10 and I got a free blooming onion, that was the coolest thing ever. It just gets better. All the time. Are you going to finish that? Yeah, I am. Can I borrow that receipt? Oh, let's see. Yeah. Thank you. Chance to win. This Sunday, the NASCAR Monster Energy Series playoffs reaching the round of eight on the short track at Martinsville, 3 Eastern time. That is when you need to be right here with us on NBCSN. So let's take a look at the eight playoff drivers once again. These gentlemen right here have combined to earn 21 wins in the 32 races run this season. And if any of them win Sunday at Martinsville, the first ticket to next month's championship race at Homestead Miami Speedway is the reward. So let's end this with the two youngest drivers. Steve, let's start with Ryan Blaney. How about his tagline? 
Well, I'm going to have to try to relate to these both 20-something-year-old drivers, very young. But for Ryan Blaney, it's very simple. I think it's much bigger than him. I think it's all about the race team he drives for, and it's win it for the Wood Brothers. He, it's been documented. He's going to Penske, Team Penske next year. This will be his last season with the Wood Brothers. They kind of believed in him, gave him the opportunity. He got him that race. They're sitting at race number 99. And when you think about the stars, and I mean Hall of Fame stars that have driven for the Wood Brothers and won for the Wood Brothers, I mean, look at this list, Nate. Without a doubt, Ryan Blaine's already on it with a win, but would he love to join this list with a championship for the Wood Brothers? I think that's what it's all about. Enjoy these final few races. And I think he wants to be on that list as the number 100 also, Steve, because there's a little bit of a chip on Ryan Blaney's shoulder right now. I've heard it this week at Kansas, or this past week at Kansas. He clearly is paying attention to what people said about him advancing out of the round of 12. <laughs> and obviously winning 100 for a storied, venerable team like the Wood Brothers Racing is an accomplishment. But I think doing it in the face of people saying that he, he wasn't going to make the round of eight is even more special. So, Nate, I may have been one of those doubters, as you may know. <laughs> I uh, was too, Parker, but, so don't feel bad. Okay, but <laughs> I have to say, if they do what they did at Kansas, which was an absolutely perfect race, and I mean from every facet, the driver and Ryan Blaney going out there and passing all the cars he did in stage one, Jeremy Bowen's pulling great strategy towards the end to get him a little bit more track position, and then also the adjustments. Jeremy made great adjustments on that race car. He had tightened it up before the race for running in traffic. They loosened it up accordingly. And by the end of that race, they were a legitimate contender. If they do that type of race over the next four races, we could be talking about Ryan Blaney winning a championship at 23 years old for the Wood Brothers, which would be an incredible story. But they got to back up what they did at Kansas. All right, so we'll add Ryan Blaney to the list of drivers that are making it to Homestead with the other seven <laughs> They're drivers. They're all going, all in. <laughs> so far. Uh, what about this next driver, Chase Elliott, who you also feel, Parker, has a very very serious chance of making it to Homestead. He does, and he has been absolutely great through the playoffs here. But one thing that's sitting here is that if he were to win a championship at 21 years old, he'd be the youngest Cup Series champion ever, which would be incredible. But there is an elephant in the room with the 24 team, and that is that they have not won a race. They've been the second best car in the playoffs to Martin Truex Jr. with four top fives. They've been excellent on the mile and a half. A second at Chicago, a second at Charlotte, and a fourth at Kansas. So I look at Texas for the 24 team. This could possibly be the chance for them to go and get that elusive first victory and then propel themselves to be able to fight for a championship. Because if they do everything they've been doing in the playoffs, they deserve to fight for a championship. But would it be odd to go to Miami knowing you most likely have to win that race without having won a race yet and to win the championship. Steve? I know, Parker, but could you think of a bigger win? What yeah. could be a bigger first right. career win than, hey, I'm going to do a walk-off at Miami for the first oh, championship? Man, and really, when I think about this sophomore driver, 73 starts is all he has, Nate. So I know he hasn't won a race, but when you think about the runner-up finishes, look at it. Obviously, Michigan, great track for him. That one's in the rearview mirror. But Charlotte and Dover in the playoffs and Chicago, excuse me, all being in the playoffs. There's something about this 24 team I can't put my finger on. I don't know if it's Chase. I don't know if it's Allen. I don't know if it's the equipment, if it's just great planning or just dumb luck. But when the playoffs <laughs> have started, this team has risen up and they have raised to the level of a championship style race team. So I really think that, heck, he's in his second year. Enjoy right. it. And I agree with Parker, though. He's going to have to find a win. And Miami would be special because that is the last race in the 24. Next year, he goes to the number nine. Oh, so. that's even more for the storyline. And, and who is the last driver to win in a 24 championship? Oh, you know the guy. Man. He was 24 years old when he did it, Jeff Gordon. Just so. write the headline. It's a lot of numerolo numerology there.
It's a I great was gonna headline. Say, I was going to say, we've just put this all in the stars already. They've wanted that first career Cup Series win so badly, and if it came at Miami, that would just make all of our dreams come true here on NASCAR America. So here are the taglines, starting with the 78, domination, adversity off the track. Kyle Busch, if you ain't first, you're last. Woo! Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> legacy. He wants it badly. Uh, Kevin Harvick, completely relentless. We know that to be true. We'll Jimmy try. Johnson chasing eight. That has been well documented and could possibly happen with the tracks in the next round. Denny Hamlin, redemption. What's Ryan Blaney what? winning it for the Wood Brothers. And lastly, Chase Elliott, the youngest ever. Just a reminder, tomorrow we're going to be joined by Joe Gibbs live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's our special guest and the driver who delivered the first win for Joe Gibbs Racing, Dale Jarrett, sitting alongside. We can't wait. We'll see you then. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.